0: So we are in the first weekend of November. It was a big weekend. I mentioned a lot of things that were coming out in my last entry. Uh, the trailers part two. Uh, I just got a chance to see a couple of really good films this weekend. I'm only going to talk about one of them for now. I'm going to do separate entries for each one. Um, and there's also a couple I still have on the docket that I want to uh, watch through. I know I said in the last entry that I was really going to try to start picking back up on my... Uh, entries and be get more consistency i just you know life is getting in the way and you know i'm really busy with work and trying to kind of revamp my youtube presence as well um for those who may not know who are frequent listeners i have a youtube channel it's called if flicks could talk I used to do lists and come up with cool concepts to talk about uh, different subjects in film and television, kind of what I do here, but not on a review basis, more of like a an interesting topic basic topic basics, uh, but I'm kind of trying to revamp that. Got a better idea about what I want to do moving forward, so I've been working on that a little bit, and that's also kind of like me wanting to get back into the habit of things, now that like I have to dedicate certain time to work, and then recording, you know, I work a second shift. It's tough. Uh, I do appreciate your understanding, if you are a frequent listener, and thank you so much for your support uh, once again. So, what we're going to talk about for now, though, is we're going to talk about Eternals. Very highly anticipated when it comes to what we are expecting for the future of Marvel, simply because this is kind of, it's resetting, not resetting, it's kind of giving us something prequel-esque, but also something to move forward with. When it comes to introducing these characters into what the main story arc is, and also what they might add to Phase 4. Now, from what I'm just trying to evaluate in myself when it comes to what Marvel has given us so far between Loki, WandaVision, Shang-Chi, Black Widow... They're, they're setting up a lot of things, and especially when you consider what else is coming out, you've got Hawkeye, you've got the new Spider-Man film, and then you've got Doctor Strange in the next year, which I believe is still part of Phase 4. You have a lot of things that are kind of rolling together that still leaves not too many questions, except for the idea of what who could be the big bad, or who could be the the, the next main focus, in a way. And I think a lot of us really do believe that the main focus is going to be the concept of the multiverse. You know, WandaVision is giving us that. Loki gave us that. We're pretty certain Spider-Man is giving us that. So, this concept is not going to be, you know, too... We're not asking too many questions about that. Because that's pretty much where we're all leading towards. Uh, However... There's still the question of who is the big bad going to be? Who's going to be this next couple of phases that leads up to what... Essentially was the first three phases like everybody knew that this was going to lead into Thanos everybody knew every movie that was moving forward every introduction of a new infinity stone it was all going to lead to Thanos but now you know you've got Loki which is teasing Kang the Conqueror you got this film and then you have the concept that we're eventually going to be getting a Fantastic Four this film introduced uh, Arishem uh, who is also called Arishem the Judge I don't know too much about the Eternals or a lot of these characters. All I do know is that this is meant to kind of introduce us to another, por- another portion of this vast universe that is Marvel. What Marvel has done very well, and I mentioned this uh, to a friend of mine as well, when you talk about the comparison of DC and Marvel... DC does a very good job about making Earth kind of the ultra center. You know, very few other beings are focused on things going on outside of Earth. You know, even when it comes to the Green Lantern Corps and all those other various lanterns that are involved in that storyline, a lot of that storyline drifts into different... Portions of space, maybe even certain storylines that involve Darkseid too, go to certain levels of space. But most of it always comes back to Earth, and almost all of the heroes wind up coming back to Earth, even if a lot of those heroes are from other planets. You know, you have Starfire who comes from another planet, and uh, she is mainly, f- ma- most of her storylines, from what I can think of, are mainly focused around Earth and around the Titans and around Dick Grayson. So DC is very Earth orientated, when Marvel is very much willing to push the boundaries and talk about other places that storyline should be willing to happen. And yeah, it eventually does come back to Earth in some way, shape, or form, but it's also a matter of there are still other vastly different stories and different worlds and cultures that that they can now utilize. And introducing the Eternals just opens more doors for that, you know? They introduced Captain Marvel. That introduced us to the scrolls, uh, the Skrulls. They introduced Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a whole other portion of the universe. You know, we already know that Thor is on kind of a celestial different level when it comes to the fact that he is a god, but in the North mythology concept, and then you have these characters who have a very, like, deep-rooted backstory and how they were kind of there from the beginning and as earth's first heroes before they went into hiding they were kind of viewed as like what heroes were in mythology and in history books and all these things that kind of it, it's meant to be this this foundation building not just for the marvel universe or for society Um, But also, well, not not society, but also just for, like, Earth's general upbringing. Like, it's saying the Eternals was basically the reason for why we advanced as the human race. And the Earth is just a platform for the birth of another celestial being. A celestial being being that of Arishem. And Arishem, to me... If anybody else looked at that the way I looked at that, yes, he is a celestial being, but he looks really, really a lot like Galactus. And I know that when it comes to the Fantastic Four film that we might get, that's got to in some way, shape, or form lead into Galactus as well. I'm not certain off the top of my head if Galactus is considered a celestial being as well, because from what this had kind of given me uh, with the Eternals film is that celestial beings... Their purpose is to create like, create other celestial beings. They don't suck up life. They kind of either destroy it to create more of it, in a way. And Galactus is an, is a galaxy swallower. You know, he basically comes to suck the energy out of galaxies. So, it's tough. I don't know 100% of the backstory of Galactus. Nor do I know 100% of the backstory of Arishim or the Celestials, besides what this movie has taught me. What I do appreciate about the film is that it gives a lot of storyline to build off of as well as a perfect amount of backstory to understand this new this new story pinhole to, to put in the rest of the Marvel Universe. Maybe pinhole is the, the, the worst word, but I can't think of another word to kind of describe it. But it is a good little landmark for what the next step could possibly mean, but also introducing something that is perfectly explained. I don't think they could have done anything else, added anything else, or even took anything away to explain The Eternals better than what this film did. Now, another thing that I appreciate about this film is that it can kind of be a good... It's a good film, regardless of the rest of the movies. It's very few Marvel films that you can watch without needing to watch the rest of them. This is very much a standalone story. It's very much so that you could literally watch this and not need to know anything else that has happened prior. Uh, does it make it less fun? Yes, but you can. And that's what I appreciate about it, is that when you have an introduction of new characters like this... And you're doing it in the way that that Marvel has done it with how the, how well this film was done. It's it's smart to just involve as little as possible because we're trying to rebuild. We're starting fresh now because everything. I've said this before. Everything is either new characters, remodel, remolding characters, or torch torch passing. Black Widow was torch passing. Hawkeye is going to be torch passing. They 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 they're meant to lead up into who's going to be their replacement, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's basically telling us who the next Captain America is. These are all torch passing Story points that were being given. Then you have some that are being introductionary. So Shang Chi, introductionary. We've never seen that character before. Eternals, introductionary. With well, these, this is a this is a brand new not only just characters but also another brand new concept of the universe in and of itself. And maybe it's a little convoluted to what Loki's doing when it comes to the concept of the the time traveling aspect so you have time travel you have the multiverse so does that mean in this universe there's an Arashem but then in another dimension there's another Arashem like it's it's very difficult to try to think of everything that we have all at once because we still don't have answers to what's moving forward granted Loki is also like giving us What's going to lead up into Kang the Conqueror? So there's still questions about that. Is Arishem going to be the next thing? Is Galactus? Is Kang the Conqueror? There are still so many questions this adds when it comes to what is going to happen moving forward. Is the main focus going to be just the teardown of the multiverse? Is everything going to go to shambles and completely start over now when it comes to that story? I, I'm not sure what to expect moving forward. What I do know is that when it comes to what Eternals gives us... It's nice to see that within, even as the story progresses. I don't want to give too much of the film away because I do still want people to watch it. But as the story progresses, as you see, like the 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 characters interact, and you see, you know, kind of a a, you know who 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 fights how and who's with who and what everybody's singular purpose is, even though they are a group in a way. It's nice to see that at, at the end of the film we still have enough to work with where we can still ask a lot of questions and be be excited about what the answers could possibly be. Like, the ending of Shang-Chi was perfect. You ended that storyline, now we're going to move forward. He's part of the universe. But you have these characters that we don't know. They actually don't make any sort of... I will. I will, if this is a spoiler for you, forgive me, but I'm going to say it flat out. They don't make any connection between them... And anybody else. There's no connection to them and, like, Thanos. There's no connection to them and the Skrulls. There's no connection to the Eternals and anybody else. Now, there are a few things that the film does take liberties with. For example, the deviants in the film. And now the deviants in the film look like, you know, giant uh, wire-like creatures in a way. But then, when you look them up, they kind of just look like normal supervillains. You know, another name that they're called is the Changing People. They look like people, and the, there's only one character in there that, in the film that's a deviant that kind of looks like that, and everybody, everything else looks like a creature or an animal. You know, it looks like a, a, a griffin or a, a giant leopard with a with a scorpion-like tail. Like they just they look like creatures. They don't look like what their portrayal is from when you look them up for the Eternals comics themselves. So that's a little bit of a liberty that, not 100% certain if it was good or bad, it does good for the movie, if you're an Eternals fan, you might not like it too much, because it really does kind of, I don't know, I guess downplay the characters in a way, but again, they're, they're the bad guys, and whether or not, you know, they survive or they come back or they're going to be a big deal, you know, moving forward, we still have the the Eternals characters that are in there. And you have, you know, Arisham, who is kind of like the controller. So is he the big bad? Is he not the big bad? You know, who who knows at the end of the film? By the end of the film, you don't know what to expect moving forward. I'm not, I am going to also tell you this. If you haven't seen if you have seen it already, then you prob- you'll be okay with hearing this. If you haven't yet and you go to watch it, understand that we are all the, the victims of the the Marvel end credit scene. But now Marvel is stepping up the game and they're doing post-credit scenes. Gonna tell you you're gonna wanna wait. Not only is there a post-credit scene, but there's now also an end-credit scene. And the one spoiler I am going to fully give is that it's the first film that I can recall. I don't remember if this happens in Black Widow. I don't remember if this happens in Shang-Chi. I was there until the end for both the end credits, but these were months ago, so I'm not 100%. I could be wrong, but I do believe this is the first film where at the very end, at the right after the post credit scene, or the end credit scene, there's a... The Eternals will return. What does that symbolize to you? I don't know. What does that symbolize to me? Is that this is the official kickoff for what could possibly lead into whatever they have planned for Phase 6. And again, I've said this in previous posts. When we were given the first rundown of what they had planned for the first three phases, we were given all three phases. We were given Phase 1, 2, and 3, and we knew how Phase 3 was going to end. They haven't done that this time. They're only giving us Phase 4 and 5. What does that mean when it comes to what we might get in a Phase 6? They haven't announced it. And what was everything kind of leading up to? It was all leading up to a, a gathering film. It was all leading up to the Avengers. Every phase had an Avengers team-up at the end of it. Phase 4 doesn't. Phase 5 doesn't. So we're probably going to get something really big when it comes to um, the ending of Phase 4. Now, what's Phase 4 supposed to end with? From what I gather, it's supposed to end with the Fantastic Four film. Uh, Ah. Don't 100% quote me on that because there are so many things changing and so many dates changing as well. Not only are they changing films, but, you know, everybody is changing films. But The Eternals is only kind of... Black Widow is meant to kick off Phase 4. Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man are the next three in line. And the on- they're the only three we officially uh, are getting before the year's over. At the start of the new year, we're getting three next year. That's Doctor Strange, Thor, and Black Panther, uh, the Black Panther sequel. Then going into 2023, we're getting the the third uh, Guardians film. We're getting the third Ant Man. We're supposed to be getting um, the Marvels, which is going to be the team up of Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and somebody else. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's also the Fantastic Four film slated for what how, how Phase Four is going to end. What does that give me? What what does my brain go to when I think about that? Well, my brain goes to well. This gave us Arishim. It introduced Celestials. He looks just like Galactus. Maybe not all the way, but I'm sure a lot of people kind of thought that that's who it was in the trailers. I know I got excited about that, but again, I'm also a person who the Eternals was never on my radar. You know, neither was Doctor Strange, neither was Shang-Chi. Every character they've introduced that's brand new to me, especially as a person who kind of stuck with the very basics of Marvel. You know, Spider-Man, Captain America, things like that. They've introduced them, and they're perfect. And they're leading up until what to, whatever, to whatever's next. So if you're telling me that Phase 4 is going to end with the Fantastic Four, and we're the third movie into this phase, and that film kind of gives us the Celestials... And maybe I'm wrong, but maybe Galactus is a Celestial? I don't know. Maybe the whole goal is to move into Galactus. Maybe that's what's meant to be the end game. They haven't announced whether or not there's going to be a sequel to The Eternals. They haven't um, really told us much when it comes to that. But again, this is one phase that's... How many movies is that? Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Marvels, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Ant-Man and the Waps, then the Fantastic Four. That's 11 films. Granted, you also got to involve all these shows, too. Phase 4 is huge. It's basically three phases in one. Maybe that's why they're doing it. I don't know. But you also got to think of all these shows. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, which looks great. And I'm so happy with everything I've been hearing about that. You got She-Hulk. You got um, uh, the new Iron Man one. Well, the two Iron Man ones. You got Ironheart, uh, which is meant to introduce... Uh, I forget the little uh, little girl's name, who kind of is meant to be the replacement of Iron Man. You got Armor Wars, which is going to be a War Machine type film. And then you have um, Secret Invasion. So you got these nine shows that are also involved. And I'm pretty sure I don't think you have to involve this holiday special that the Guardians of the Galaxy is doing. I'm not involving that. I'm also not involving the What If show that just ended because I don't think that has any sort of continuity basis in what we're expecting unless the continuity is that it meant it's meant to introduce the watcher who I believe the watcher is also a celestial you know what I'm saying like I, I don't quote me on that I don't know much about the watcher but maybe he is and now you have to understand that's at least 9 shows it's at least 10 films all leading up to whatever the ending is that might be a key player in introducing what we're expecting for a new Avengers. Maybe we're not going to get an Avengers until Phase 6. If they're hiding it, maybe they'll introduce it in Phase 5, I don't know. But Phase 4 is at least 3 or 4 years long, and it's got at least 20 new pieces of content to add to this universe. And granted, they could also introduce more, and that's really exciting to think about as well. Um, I don't really know what else to say. It just, it it gave so many questions and it answered so many things and it opened up so many doors. It's such a good film. I really, really enjoyed it. I will comment on the fact that what I do, (laughs) I think it's so interesting because when you have these characters that have said they've existed for 7,000 years, they've been on Earth for 7,000 years, they're basically the reason why, you know, The earth exists and why humanity was able to evolve as fast as they were. There's they drop a lot of DC comic references. I don't know how many people caught that, but as a more of a DC fan, you know, you immediately pick up on it. And it's funny to me to think because that means you that means one thing. I'm not going to say it means one of two things because you know, I'm not going to say that. Oh dc characters exist in another universe as the marvel car- no no that's not what it is it means that as far as the fantasy of that universe goes because you got to think there still has to be some kind of fantasy in that world there has to be something that people are doing you know co- comic books still exist in that world you know movies exist tv shows exist so what exists in that world as a form of entertainment Basically, what they're saying is that the DC Universe exists. Why? Because they make a comment about how one of the characters has, like, a dude that's, like, his valet, and he runs around recording everything. And when he goes and meets one of the other Eternals people, he's like, this is my valet. And he's like, oh, like a butler, like Batman. And I'm sitting in the theater, and I'm like, is he allowed to say that? Is, 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 is that Okay can he can he do that i i don't know maybe he can do that and then 15 minutes later 20 minutes later in the film they go and they meet another person and this person has like a kid and the kid looks at one of them and goes daddy look it's superman look it's superman i saw him on tv he was in london That that's two that's two of them that they did They they just dropped two two bombs like that they just did and I don't know if they can... Can they do that? Can they do that? I'm, I'm in the theater thinking about this. And that's hilarious to me. I don't know if anybody can go after them from that. I'm guessing they had the okay to do that. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was fine. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. But it's just funny to think that, yeah, they, they, just, they just made a bunch of DC references in a Marvel movie. I think that's hilarious. I, I don't know what to think. I don't know... If that is going to come back in some way, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, now that the film's been out for a couple of days and as it gets more and more people watching it, there's going to be people losing their mind like, oh, no, Batman exists in Marvel. No, 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 no. Batman doesn't exist in Marvel. It's a reference. Maybe the Batman comic exists in Marvel. I just didn't think they were allowed to, like, make that kind of statement. You know what I mean? And here's another funny thing. When, during that same scene, maybe a minute after the scene where it's like, oh, Superman and all that, they go into the guy's house and they're reading one of the kid's books. What's he reading? He's reading a Star Wars book. So Star Wars also exists as a form of fantasy and entertainment within the Marvel Universe. Like, normal Marvel humans, normal humans in the Marvel Universe, this is what they go see. They go see Star Wars. That makes perfect sense. Marvel owns Star Wars. They're allowed to put, like, ceaseless marketing in their films because it's something they own. Just like if you had them sitting there watching National Geographic. Bet you didn't know this unless you have a Disney Plus subscription, but Marvel and Disney own National Geographic. So they can let people watch that, and that can pop up, and that could be something to promote for them in a film or something. So that kind of made sense, I thought it was kind of cool, it's the first kind of reference I've kind of seen of something else Disney, Marvel, well Disney related in like another film that Disney owns, you know what I mean? But the Batman and Superman comments, that just took me way off guard, and I think it's hilarious. But besides that, the film is fantastic, I enjoyed every second of it, it's super long, I definitely ate before I went to the theater, because you're sitting there for at least three hours when it comes to needing to wait to the very end for those posted end credit scene, and then all the trailers they put in front of it, and it, you're in there for at least three hours, so it's totally worth every minute, it doesn't feel overextended or anything it feels perfect for the size that it is so if you haven't seen it i definitely say go and try to watch it in theaters definitely watch it in 3d it's totally worth watching in 3d as well just like pretty much anything disney or marvel or star wars related that they've made in 3d it's, it's totally worth it 100 percent um and if you see it already you know put out there these other these ideas you know what do you think about what i'm saying what do you think about you know what could be moving forward you know maybe there's something that i've brought up that you haven't thought about and if that's the case i'm happy i'm happy that i was able to give you some other perspectives to think about you know uh thanks again for watching super appreciative of you and the next couple are going to be about a few other films that uh, i've been seeing i just saw uh, halloween kills not too long ago that just came out i'm going to be doing an entry on that I just finished Squid Game. Like everybody else who's super excited about Squid Game, I'm going to do an entry on that. I'm going to do an entry on Dune. Dune was super good. An entry for that's coming up. So, again, thank you so much for being a consistent listener. And look out for those entries. They're going to be coming out pretty soon. All right?